0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Yoga Journeys, a podcast focused on sharing and celebrating inspiring stories of transformation through the practice of yoga. I am your host, Katherine Kennedy. This podcast came about after having experienced my own transformation, growth, and healing through my yoga practice. I wanted to share these life-changing tools with others, so I became a yoga teacher after several years of training. Throughout my years of teaching and practicing, I've talked with many other practitioners and teachers and have heard so many of the same stories over and over again and wanted to create this platform for sharing those stories. I am so grateful today to have Mara Kranz, who is one of my yoga teachers. She is a local yoga teacher who moved to the Midcoast, Maine area about 20 years ago. And at that time, she left her busy medical practice to slow down and care for her family. She focuses in structural yoga therapy and enjoys teaching anatomy and physiology for yoga for Shiva Shakti's School of Yoga and Healing Arts. Mara, thank you so much again for taking the time to share your story.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Catherine. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump in. How did you get introduced to yoga? What got you into it in the first place?
1: So I have to say, I really came to yoga from the physical aspect of the practice. I was diagnosed with MS when I was 28. It was during my second pregnancy. So I was very, very weak at the time. I could hardly walk upstairs. I couldn't lift the children. I weighed 95 pounds. So I was really struggling with physical strength at the time. And my doctor had mentioned that I should try yoga more for the balance part and a little bit of the strengthening, but I was having a lot of trouble. I was falling over a lot, bumping into things. So he thought it would really help my balance and my spasticity. So I came to it more from the physical side, trying to gain strength through it and being the total type A person that I am. I went into the Ashtanga, you know, I went into the big vinyasa flow classes, trying to really build as much, strength as I could. But just like most people who go into yoga, you find that you go into it for a certain reason, and then it all unfolds. And your journey through yoga sort of unfolds as you go through. But the physical part is what brought me to it. I came to it just from the the, the physical, I'm going to make my body stronger. And these stretches are going to help with my spasticity and my balance. That's sort of how I came to it being a medical, being a physician, I was all about healing the body. And then when I started doing it, I realized, oh, there's a whole nother aspect to this. It's you know it's your mind, it's your spirit, it is your body also, and it's the interplay of of all those three things together that really makes yoga yoga. <laughs> so I came to it sort of through a back door. And then it opened all the other parts for me. And I was lucky enough when I moved up here, I moved up shortly after a few years after being diagnosed, three years. So I met Krishna Perry, uh, almost the first person I met, because I took a yoga class over that he was teaching. So I was fortunate to cross paths with him early in our paths have been intertwined sort of ever since
0: and can you talk a little bit more about those other parts like what were the things that came up that you just were not expecting to be part of your yoga journey
1: yes well the first thing that came up right away was my total type a-ness you know my first classes i loved the movement part and the hard part and the sweaty part but Shavasana was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. <laughs> so it was the the stillness and the just being there with my thoughts, being in the here and now, which is also the gift that the MS has given me. And in conjunction with the yoga, you know, every day they say you come to your mat, a different person, but with MS, you really, really do some days. I can do tree pose and stay in it for a thousand breaths and I'm feeling strong. And the next day I try to get up there and I right over, right over, and you just can't do it. So you have to really be, every day you come to the mat, you have to check in with yourself and give yourself permission to be a different person every day. So I had never sort of experienced practice that allowed you to do that. So it really helped me sort of accept my illness not Not necessarily accept how weak I was at the time, because obviously i've come a long way from that little ninety five pound weakling who couldn 't lift their child, <laughs> so not not to be complacent, but to accept that my body had good days, my body had bad days, which is true for all of us, so I just feel like that was probably the biggest gift that yoga gave me, and it 's funny because as you progress through your yoga journey through your life with yoga. And don't get me wrong, I still am a gal who loves a good vinyasa flow every once in a while. But my practice is mostly now the pranayama and the meditation. So I've kind of done a whole 360 there in that I'm really able to listen to what my body needs. And currently I'm a pretty active triathlete. So I do a lot of physical training. So I've been able to tune into what my body needs from the yoga practice and not just keep pushing but to allow my yoga practice to actually nurture me and help me recover and things which you know I don't think I would have been able to do before I went down the yoga path so I'd say that's the biggest thing that it's taught but it's taught me you know I mean countless endless lists of things (laughs)
0: You are not alone in that. I, I definitely uh, feel the same way for, for my own journey. I love the part where you said you come to the mat every day, a different person and allowing yourself to be that. And I think too the the bigger consequence or result of yoga is the idea that you, as you mentioned, you come to your life every day, a different person because of your practice and how beautiful that is. And And being able to learn how to, because a a lot of times we're just kind of like going through life and not even checking in with ourselves. And then all of a sudden, when our bodies all of a sudden say, "Um, hi, remember me, (laughs) I'm attached to you (laughs) in some way, shape or form, but you're not paying attention. So I'm going to get your attention in this way.
1: (laughs) And it gives you the big scream outs with illnesses and with, you know, and I, you know, I'm I fully realized that that was a lot to do with what was going on with me when I was uh, diagnosed with EMS. You know, I was living, living a crazy life. I was a resident. I had a small one-year-old. I was pregnant with my second child still working, you know, every two out of the three nights around the clock. It was, you know, a crazy, crazy way to live. And I think my body just let me know, Hey lady, slow down. (laughs) So I think you're but you're exactly right with that. And it's so nice to be able to catch those differences or what your body needs before your body has to scream at you. And you can listen to it with kindness and empathy and, and appreciate what it's telling you. Yeah, and it's a gift. It's a true gift. And it's not always easy to do, but I feel yoga really helps you with that. And it's also, it's it's great because it allows you to you know i don't know about you but my yoga practice changes so much throughout the year just like Ayurvedic medicine teaches us your body is different depending on what time of the year it is also and your body needs different things as the seasons change as your activity levels change in the summer when i'm training a lot i do very little vinyasa because i need my joints tight i need them to be safe when i'm out running for or biking for all those miles So I do very little vinyasa flow or any big hip opening, any of that stuff. And in the winter in my off season, I love to do a lot of joint opening and stretching and really allowing my body to come back to its natural open place. (laughs) So it's just, it's so many life lessons, you know, that are all intertwined in there.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I typically during the summertime, I'm not quite as active. I'm I I feel like I'm almost like the opposite of of, of yeah. this because yeah. of I am a I'm Pitta, uh Pitta Pittavata, so it's like a combination of those yeah. and because of that, like the summertime, I do not want to be outside. I do not want to be sweating because I'm already feeling like I'm ready to like jump out of my skin heat wise. And so I typically have to modify my practice to be more yin. And I mean, on top of that, like you were saying, you're a type A personality. I am a recovering type A personality as well. And I found that my body was definitely screaming at me for a long time because of my thyroid condition. And I had no idea yeah. that that was, the, that was happening. And so it progressed so far into imbalance that I ended up with Hashimoto's. And But I know that it was my own doing And and having compassion for myself and knowing that it took me <laughs> so long to realize yeah. that I was being my own enemy by not slowing down and continuing to push and but it's 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 yoga that has helped me to really reflect on that and also it's a daily practice to not just fall right back into that space of just doing instead of creating space for just being
1: right absolutely it's it's daily you know and it's like you said you can use the mat as the analogy for life you come you come to life every day, a different person and with different things you need to work on. And I do feel as a medical person and a yogi that the human body is, the first of all, the most incredible thing ever, ever, ever. I mean, the, whoever or whatever your beliefs are, however, this human body was designed was by the most amazing engineer ever. Because the way and you learn this in our anatomy and physiology classes, The way everything works together so harmoniously, so beautifully, all the systems are just there to help each other, to support each other, to get you to your best health. And we as humans tend to get in the way of all of that. So if we can get out of the way and stop harming (laughs) ourselves, I feel like the human body wants to be at a place of health and wellness. And we have to listen to that body and give it what it needs so that it can get there. But it's a, it's a process and it's, you know, lifelong learning curve on all of this stuff. But I do feel yoga has given me the tools just having to sit there in Shavasana and, you know, me wanting to leave the class and not lay there and Krishna telling me, Oh no, little Missy, you're staying right on that mat and you're, laying in shavasana and you're going to not think about the grocery list you have to go do or the stuff you have to do so it's just it's mental training as much as anything and when you're in those big poses and you think i can't hold this for another moment well you learn that yes you can and reconnect to the breath and you're fine you can do three more breaths when you thought you couldn't hold it for another second so it's really all part of mental training as much as physical training as much as spiritual training it's just all intertwined
0: i can totally hear krishna saying listen missy you need to stay <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: yep 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 not <laughs> putting up shit <laughs> no definitely not totally not your love of the human body just listening to you just now just it is so inspiring and As you know, the anatomy and physiology can be taught in a very (laughs) monotonous way. But because of your (laughs) love of the human body and your amazement at it, and just the way that you were just speaking about it, just really comes to life in that training. And it was really amazing experience for all of us to have you as a teacher.
1: Wonderful. That's what I love to hear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I know that you mentioned that you are into triathlons. Can you talk a little bit about what got you into those?
1: Yeah, sure. So as I said, I was really struggling physically early on with this diagnosis, because yeah, now it's just been 24 years. So I really made time in every single one of my days. I, I, when I was originally diagnosed, I met with a physiatrist, because like I said, I was alone with the kids trying to take care of them and I couldn't even lift them into the car seat. So we came up with sort of a weight plan and he helped me find a good yoga class to go to. And he sort of got me on the path of gaining some weight, gaining some muscle, getting stronger. So I would always go to the gym every morning to get my workouts in while the kids were still sleeping. So really early I'd get off before Chuck went off to work and I'd get my workout in. And then when the kids got a little older, I decided, well, I'm at the gym all the time. I may as well train for something. And there was like a local triathlon. And so I used my kids' mountain bike and rented a bike for the day to do the race. And I just loved it. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the people. Everyone was there helping me because it was my first time ever doing it. Yeah, and I just love that it's three sports. So for my body anyway, it's very great balance for me because I'm never overtraining in one sport and you know the swimming counterbalances all the pounding of the running and the biking helps with all the muscular strength so I just love the balance that it brings me and it feeds my competitive soul now too because now I've been doing it for oh boy almost maybe eight years and now I'm competing nationally and things. So it's just, it's really just a fun, fun way. And it also just gives me something to always train for because for sure my MS, if I miss a week at the gym, if I'm traveling or whatever my MS flares almost immediately, that and food, what I put in my body and my workouts, if I miss either of them or can't, don't have access to whole, good foods and have to eat processed foods or whatever, my body feels it. So those two things kind of work together for me to keep me really strong.
0: And in hearing you talk about it too, in terms of the MS flare ups and your awareness of what is needed and what your body needs in order to stay balanced your, your level of awareness and reflection and just tapping into like how your body's feeling. You've developed an awareness that is so important for you to maintain that balance.
1: Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And I feel like it, once people start living healthfully, they can tune into their body better. I feel we as a society are just so deadened and um deaf to what our body is telling us because we just haven't stopped to listen enough and i also feel and you know i've mentioned this in my trainings that the human body i mean it's so complicated and so beautifully different for each person that i feel there's not one anything for all people i don't think there's one form of yoga practice, or I also feel there's not one pose for that is the correct pose for everybody because everybody's physical bodies are different. And I feel there's not one diet that's right for everybody. You know, there's three different physicians out there who all had MS and they've all come up with these books on the perfect MS diet to get rid of your symptoms. And they're all three totally different. So I just feel like that kind of talks to what works for different people. I feel like inflammatory things are different for every person. So what causes inflammation in one body might not cause inflammation in another, and so on. So it's sort of up to each individual to figure out what your thing that sets your body off into an unhealthy path. And you know, it's it's different for everyone. It could be sugar, it could be gluten, it could be animal products, it could be whatever, you you name it, it could be anything. And it's up to us all as individuals to listen to what our body's telling us. And not only with our diet, but with our exercise, with everything, you know, with all of our life. with rest, rest is another big one, with your self-care, with everything that you're doing for yourself, you need to sort of listen and let your body guide you. But I feel many of us just have become deadened and deaf to our bodies. So I feel like the more you get back to living the most natural life you can, meaning less processed food, getting outside as much as possible, exercising outside as much instead of in the gym on a treadmill, any chance you get, all, all of those things, just walking through the woods, forest bathing, all, all of the things that now science is saying, oh, there really is some benefits to all of this stuff. Once you get to those things, then I feel your body can tell you what it needs a little bit more and you get more in touch with it, which again is what yoga has you doing every day. It has you being in the here and now, listening to the, your body's sensations when you're in poses, when you're meditating and just processing them, acknowledging them, and then letting that go, you know, and just being here and now not, not putting expectations on things, not putting hopes and any of the other stuff, just experiencing the here and now while you're in it.
0: Your journey to me through this process of, of getting to know yourself, especially as your body changed with the diagnosis of ms Mm -hmm. what i find really inspiring about it is that a lot of people and and you know this because you have the medical background that a lot of people when they are diagnosed with something they turn into a victim and you lose your your sense of power and control over your body and i know that i myself when this happened to me and i guess that's another thing it's like this happened to me because of you know taking taking responsibility yeah. for the fact that i did a lot of what got me to where i am right now with hashimotos and but at the same time taking that control back or taking responsibility in the way that we nourish ourselves like you said the way that we take care of ourselves physically the way that we take care of ourselves emotionally and mentally whatever it happens to be whatever works for us and whatever combination that happens to be yes. Is, yes. is 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 going to be different and it's going to be personalized based on what we need but it for me to listen to you and to see you as an example of a person who is diagnosed with a pretty serious disease Being so empowered to take control and to say there is something that I can do to help myself in this situation and to also be an example for others that it's not just all of a sudden I'm diagnosed and I'm not going to do anything to help myself and I'm going to be a victim in this. You have taken it to the opposite side and said, look, I have this. Yes, I acknowledge that. I got myself here, but I am going to take this and I'm going to personalize something for myself. I'm going to learn how to feed myself and to exercise in a way that is going to be conducive to making myself feel better and also to be balanced. It's just a, a beautiful journey. And I just want to acknowledge that it's, to me, your example of your life and your journey through this process is, is beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I do, I feel, you know, I've said this before, with many chronic illnesses, when people are diagnosed, there are the wallowers, and there are the willful. You can, you can look at it, and, and this is what they say about anything bad that comes into your life. You can take it as, oh, no, poor me. The world is out to get me. Look at what has happened, or you can take it for the beautiful lesson that it is and that whatever it is in the universe is giving you this incredible opportunity to grow and to change and to find out how strong and resilient you really are. So I feel like there's always that choice in many times in your life when bad things sort of happen to you. And there's also a fine line between taking responsibility for, you know, what you did and beating yourself up over it. You know, people get a little bit dragged down in the, oh, I, you know, trying to change your whole personality. I'm all bad because I was type A and it got me here. No, that's the other beauty of yoga is that it makes you see the good and the bad and everything in between in any situation. You know, the... I love a lot of my type A characteristics, you know, they've, they've gotten me to the place that I am. And so a lot of it is really healthy and great about it, but it's the parts that aren't so great that are more harmful than bad that you look at to change. But I I feel like anytime something bad happens in your life, it's really your opportunity to how you respond I only went to one support group meeting and I vowed never to do it again because for whatever reason, the, the one I went to was just what I had mentioned, just wallowers. They were all just going around in a circle feeling bad for themselves. And that wasn't what I needed. I needed to hear people who had good outcomes and had found things that worked for them. So that wasn't exactly what I needed. And since then I've met with, I meet with people who are newly diagnosed, not infrequently, and I try to be a more positive influence on them so that they know, no matter how bad it is right now, there are things that you can do. And the other thing is you need to also is give yourself permission to, you can't control everything also. I mean, MS is, is such a huge diagnosis and I feel extremely grateful and lucky that my MS comes and it goes and I have the ability to do this, but knowing that at any time that may change and I may lose the ability to be doing these triathlons. So just enjoying every moment that I have while being able to do that and knowing that it's not all me (laughs) and that if, if it does become more of a problem later, that's not all me either. So it's just a, it's a process. It's a whole big process and fine lines, you know, between the wallowing and the willful, because you have to give yourself time to mourn for sure through the diagnosis and things are always the hardest, right? When you're diagnosed, it seems. So I try to let people know that too. I mean, I've never been as bad as I was that first year after diagnosis. So yeah, it's just good to have people telling you that it's not all bad (laughs) and that some really good life lessons will come out of it. I still, to this day, say the single best thing other than the birth of my children has been that diagnosis of MS. For sure. And how it has transformed my life and changed my life. I am so, 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 so thankful for that diagnosis
0: it's easy to fall into that wallowing space mm-hmm. and get stuck yes. there yep. and not be able to get out, especially, like you said, going to some of the groups and, you know, where you, you recognize that you're not alone, but then you're not alone, but you're also surrounded by <laughs> you right. know, yeah. um, <laughs> negative energy. But that's negative true. energy yeah. in our life. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. Right. True. Exactly. Like, the older you get to realize oh, I
1: don't have to be surrounded by negative energy. You know, when I was young, I'd always try to help all those negative energy people. And now I'm like, you know what? I've only got so much good energy. <laughs> these people are bringing me down. I don't need to necessarily be around them all the time. So, yeah, <laughs> all of these life lessons that you learn as you go along.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think, too, the, the other piece, and and I can relate to this and... One, I I had a nervous breakdown around the time when I was 30, and it. your schedule that you mentioned definitely was my schedule. It was just every time I showed people my to-do list and or my, or they knew like what my regular day looked like, they were just always like, what is the matter with you? Like you are not a bionic (laughs) woman. You cannot do all of the things. And and then I remember a therapist uh, during my, month process of of really getting back to myself and finding balance she just said your to-do list is (laughs) absolutely out of control and she's like you can't expect to do 30 things in a day you could expect to do maybe five of them and then celebrate that you know and and so like trying to figure out like what is going to work best for you as you continued to heal. But I think one of the and, and also the diagnosis of Hashimoto's was also an eye opening experience where it's like, oh, okay, I need to do something about this. And then I've talked to many people who have both, you know, either or to gone through either a diagnosis for Hashimoto's and or have had a nervous breakdown like myself. And just to know that you are not the only one who has experienced this was so helpful for me because I felt like you feel like in it, you're the only one, especially at that time of diagnosis, like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like, wow. Like what did, and then you get into that place of why, how could I do, have done this to myself, but right. turning that around to be more self-compassionate and also very patient in the process of learning. Cause like we've learned yeah. all of these things, but it takes so yeah. much time to really learn something a new way of being I feel like it's a new way of being so learning a new way of being and doing uh 100% yeah yeah and knowing that you're not alone in it is is so important
1: huge and the compassion yes that you mentioned too I remember my MS specialist I found the most wonderful older gentleman he was my main physician when I was diagnosed down there and I just loved him he was like a grandpa to me but he said you know with MS because I would keep coming back in. And he's like, Mara, you can't work full-time and have two little kids and be pregnant and expect your MS to get better. You can't do it. You know, I was working at the medical school. I was working in the hospital. I was running this uh, thing with the residents. I was doing about a million jobs full-time and trying to be a full-time mom. And he's like, you just can't do it. You're going to have to back off. No, 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 I can do it. I can do it. And he's like, no. And so we would slowly go down and go down and like keep coming in and and having flare ups and he's like, yep, are you ready to go down to part time now? Are you? And he said, you know, there's usually a five year learning curve with MS where you push the limits and then you come back. So he said, be compassionate with yourself when you do push those limits and listen and see how it reacts. But he said, after knowing me for six months, he said, it's going to be a good 10 year learning process for you. (laughs) And I think I'm still 20 years, 24 years into it. I think I'm still on the learning curve. So yeah, just being compassionate with yourself through, just through life in general is very important advice. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like I mentioned before, it feels like every day is a is a re- reflection and, and t- a time to just, you know, say, oh, okay, checking in. Okay, why am I doing this particular thing? Am I doing it because I want to continuously keep busy? Or is this something I'm passionate about? Like, what is it that's causing me to go kind of back into that space of constantly doing and checking in? yoga wise for myself, my practice has become very, like I mentioned before, slowed down um, to, to offer myself that space to just be because the rest of my life, like you said, that there are parts of my type A personality where it's like, (laughs) you know, you're known as the person who gets shit done. (laughs) Exactly. So everyone comes to you all the time. Right. Right. (laughs) And then, and then the other part is like, you're just constantly having these ideas and like, okay, like I'm going to keep doing this. Oh wait, I just have this idea. I want to do this too. And like, but it's, I think too, I've gotten to the point where there's a good balance of doing and being and, but it does, it takes time to establish that different way of being.
1: That's (laughs) the beauty of it. It's like, you can't, you can never become complacent. It's, that's the beauty Of it, and that's the beauty of your yoga practice too, because that evolves as your life evolves, and it becomes what you need it to be when you when you need it to be that you know, and it's it's always there for you.
0: Is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up? Just sort of for people who
1: are just starting to get into yoga, I would suggest because it's all of our. Human nature to sort of look for classes, just exactly what we were talking about, that we'd be comfortable with or that we think would be the best for us. And I would just really say to people to kind of go outside of your comfort zone. So if you're a person who is very pitTA and loves that Ashanga flow in the 105 degree room or whatever it is try something totally different step outside of your comfort zone and go to a yin class or a restorative yoga class you know if you had told me when i started yoga 25 years ago that i would enjoy not only go to but enjoy and look forward to my shavasana at the end of of my class or that i would really love going to a yin class or a restorative class i would have thought you were absolutely crazy but it turns out probably my best lessons have come from those classes and stepping outside of my comfort zone because you know just because you can rock every single ashtanga class and I can do my little vinyasa till whatever I can stand on my head I can do all that stuff it, it it's not necessarily serving me in the long run so to take, just go out of your comfort zone and find good teachers who will encourage you to go outside of your comfort zone. Those would be my, my two big advice points for anyone starting out in yoga.
0: Thank you so much again for sharing your journey, Mara, and for your teachings for our school. They are wonderful, and we are grateful to have you And anytime you want to come back and share more of your journey, we would be welcome to have you back. Thank you so much again.
1: Thank you so much, Catherine. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's episode of Yoga Journeys, inspiring stories of transformation, growth, and healing. We'll have another episode ready for you soon, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful day.